Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese And I'm Laura Brodnick. And it's Friday, baby! And I feel like we should have drinks in here. The drink cart is stocked. I saw it out in the work kitchen. We I'm should a little have wheeled bit hungover, to be honest. Aren't you too? Yeah, I you were as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's never stopped me before. And I had quite a few wines last night. And I then I was too. like walking home to the city and I had one of those moments where I was like, I just feel like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and oh City. Oh, my God. Where I'm like walking through the city in my heels and my coat to my apartment after like having dinner and drinks with the gals. I was like, this is amazing. I need to And then see- the heavens opened up and rained on me. And oh. I just like kind of killed my vibe. But- I need to send you this TikTok meme, whatever it is. I don't know what they call it. Of this woman doing like when you get home after having drinks with the girl, yeah, and you're just like dancing in your apartment, and you're like pouring a glass of wine, and then you're just like feeling yourself, you're, like yes, that's exactly yeah. what and I, I was did. Like, love yes, that. I did that too. I like went home, I was like in the kitchen, I was like having another slice of birthday cakes. My girl surprised me. I was like, oh my god, yeah, I'm, you, I'm that you mean. Pour, yeah, I know. We are the most basic of girls, we but that's are, okay. That's our brand. Well, you know what else is basic? Weekend watch on a Friday, <laughs> but it always delivers. And we have got two really great new shows, very different. So we're piquing all your interest with these ones. But before we get into that, we've got to get into these headlines. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So kicking things off with some serious news today, and that is the fact that singer Kesha has announced that she has come to a resolution, in inverted commas, in all the reporting, keep that in mind, between her and producer Dr. Luke after a very extended legal battle that I'm sure a lot of people have been following in the news the last couple of years. So Kesha back in 2014 accused her former collaborator Dr. Luke of raping and drugging her, and she also alleged that he had sexually assaulted singer Katy Perry, leading to a defamation suit against her and it should be said that Katy Perry had denied that claim. So Dr. Luke, whose real name is Lucas Gottwald, has continued to deny the claims made by the singer over the years. And in a statement, he said, while I appreciate Kesha again acknowledging that she cannot recount what happened that night in 2005, I am absolutely certain nothing happened. I never drugged or assaulted her and would never do that to anyone. For the sake of my family, I have vigorously fought to clear my name for 10 years. It is time for me to put this difficult matter behind me and move on with my life. I wish Kesha well. So the trial between the two musicians was meant to start next month, but before that could take place, a joint statement was released between them. And in the statement, Kesha said, only God knows what happened that night. As I always said, I cannot recount everything that happened. I am looking forward to closing the door on this chapter of my life and beginning a new one. I wish nothing but peace to all parties involved. Okay, guys, there's a bit of a setup with this one, so I need your full attention. She's talking to me. (laughs) I am talking to you. Eyes on me. (laughs) Guys, means Laura Brodnick. So former Vanderpump Rules star Stacey Schroeder is back in headlines this week after her former castmate Faith Stowers announced her plans to sue Stacey and launched a GoFundMe page to help with her legal fees. So let me back it up here a little bit. 
So back in 2018, Faith slept with a principal cast member on the show, Jax, and in doing so, he cheated on his girlfriend, who was also a cast member, Brittany. The girls were really close to Brittany. And to, I guess, defend her honour, they took it upon themselves to call an anonymous Crime Stoppers line to report that Faith, who to date is the only black cast member that's ever appeared on Vanderpump Rules, to accuse her of being a woman that was pictured on the Daily Mail article as someone who had stolen all of this stuff. So the audience were never aware that this happened, but a couple of years later, Stasi started talking about it on various podcasts very flippantly, and Faith ended up coming out and speaking out about it and calling out the fact that it was like quite racially driven and it was really unacceptable behaviour. Bravo answered immediately, pretty much, and terminated their contracts. So... In the GoFundMe page that Faith has created this week, she writes, During my time on the show, I was publicly targeted and mercilessly verbally attacked by Stacey Schroeder and Kristen Doty on multiple public platforms. These two women used their privilege and celebrity to try and tear me down. During that time, I was also racially targeted and wrongfully accused of horrendous crimes that I have since been vindicated from. She acknowledged that she had received an apology from Kristen, and went on to say that Stacey Schroeder has written a New York Times bestseller book recently and has made more terrible non-factual claims about me once again. After all she has done and continues to stand by her ignorant claims that are very harmful to me and my family. I'm seeking assistance with my legal team to get this book removed and all royalties slash funds collected from this book be given to charity or assisting a family of choice. So the book that Faith references is Off With Her Head, the definitive basic bitch handbook to surviving rock bottom. And it was released last August and it was basically about her cancellation and goes into detail about the incident with Faith. So it's now 2023 and Stasi has just completed a sold out live tour. She's doing the media rounds on various podcasts, talking about her comeback. And there are also whispers of her returning to the show that made her famous. So after all that, it begs a question, is it okay for celebs to commercialise their cancellation against the wishes of their victims? Laura Brodnick. Yeah, that's such an interesting question. And we're obviously coming to this from different viewpoints because as has always been a thought in your side and the biggest kind of issue in our relationship, yes. both professional and as friends, is that I don't watch Vanderpump Rules. I understand. It's my <laughs> so, least favourite thing about you. I know. But with this story with Stassi, this is all I know her for. Like my yeah. she first came to my attention when the information came out about what she had done to her co-star and the racial motivation behind it. And I thought the show taking her off completely was a real sign of the times of how seriously TV networks were taking this. And that's why I was like quite surprised in the last week when I saw like her face and her comments start to pepper across all my different like social feeds that I follow and outlets that I read. But I didn't realize until you had brought it up how much she is monetizing this thing she did, which is different to, I think, talking about it. There's a fine line between doing interviews about it and coming out about something like that and saying, I completely did the wrong thing. I'm glad I was held accountable. Like, I mean, it's hard to tell if they mean it, but there's definitely a PR track you can take. Of course. But it sounds like she's taken this and kind of made it like a personal hardship that she had to overcome. And she's rebranding herself as a survivor and monetizing that rather than the person who instigated the racial profiling. Yes, absolutely. And I think it goes to show like, has she actually learned anything? And if we look at the timeline, it happened in 2018, the repercussion was in 2020, and she's arguably back to the top of her game by 2023. We're not even finished 2023 yet. So less than three years from cancellation to 
I don't know, what do we call it, rising from the ashes? Yeah, come back. And I don't think we're questioning it enough, but I do think that there's two ways that it can happen. And I think in the case of Stasi, it makes me feel uncomfortable. But I think that there's like another example here of when I do think that you should be able to monetize something that's happened when you're the victim of that. Yes. So the biggest one that comes to mind for me is Chris Rock and his stand-up comedy mm-hmm. that special that he did post-Oscars slap by Will Smith. I think he was right to be able to talk about his experience and monetize it in yes, a way, yeah. right? But in this instance of Stasi and Faith, it still feels that the person who this happened to doesn't have the same platform that Stasi has. In fact, she has no platform and is asking for help to sue her. Yeah, exactly it. It's the imbalance of power I think we have to look at because with Will Smith and Chris Rock, and obviously that's very different to some of the other examples we're getting into, but there's an equal footing there is that they're both big Hollywood power players. Yes, they are men of colour, so there's like, you know, kind of targeted conversations around them. But I don't think the Netflix special that Chris Rock did is going to change his career. And it's the same thing for Chris Rock because he has a level of fame and wealth and power that anything that Will Smith says about him is also not going to derail his career. Like Netflix is not going to stop working with him because of what Will Smith says. So that's different. But with Faith, it seems that she is kind of like was the victim and is now losing out in a monetary sense, which I think makes it worse. And it makes me think of other people who have done similar things, like a a Louis C.K., which I don't want to kind of equate what these people have done because they're obviously all different levels, how he, after all those allegations came out about sexual assault and everything, that he did lay low. But then he started touring a new comedy show. And, yes, he was only doing it for a lot of specific clubs, like he wasn't filming it for a Netflix special. But in the there, there were jokes about how he had been cancelled and some of them were self-deprecating from what we know from what people in the audience have said. Right. But he's still in a way monetizing a cancellation, oh. especially around sexual assault. And the women involved aren't making any money off that. All they're doing is seeing their pain being used for comedy. And I know comedy is often a really good way to take complex subjects and yes. unpack them and look at them and that's kind of part of the cultural conversation. But if it's at the expense of the victims in a cancellation being used used to prop up a celebrity, I feel like that's worse. And we don't we don't allow it for criminals. Like actual yeah. criminals, you cannot profit off a crime that you've committed. There's ways to profit off it in a way that's not a direct mention, whereas what we're talking about here, I think, is people who are literally leaning into these accusations and cancellations and then exactly. making money off it. Like in the book, the excerpts are very detailed and naming Faith. So I think mm. that when it's that pointed... And Faith didn't get any money off that. No. <sighs> Which I just think we have to be questioning that. Like, where is the moral line here? Yeah, exactly. I finished my work week on my couch. Ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. All right, Weekend Watch time. I'm going to go again just because I haven't spoken enough already in this episode. (laughs) My recommendation this week is a new British police drama out on BritBox and it's called D.I. Ray. D.I. Ray will be heading up here in Renazita's murder as it's a CSH. Sorry, Mum, I'm not familiar with that term. She was the British It's new. We are now referring to these types of crimes as culturally specific homicides. Having them seems to be textbook. There's not enough evidence to suggest it's the brothers. If you're so sure it was them, why have they not already been arrested? Let's just say the community isn't exactly on side at the moment. This murder doesn't appear to have all the characteristics of a CSH. So it wasn't them, Mom. You better make sure you find him, Manazita's killer. This is serious. They could have killed you. So, y'all know how I feel about British crime dramas. (laughs) 
And this one comes with great credentials because it's from the creators of Line of Duty and it stars Parminda Nagra. Love her. Right? Yes. Gia this morning was like, that's the actor from Bend It Like Beckham. Gia, for context, our executive producer. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So she stars as Rashida Ray, a newly promoted detective inspector who takes on a new somewhat high-profile and racially driven case. And her start's a bit rocky because she gets this promotion, she gets there, and she realises that perhaps she got the promotion as a result of her ethnicity rather than her ability, even though she's very able it's set in Birmingham, which isn't your typical location for a, a British police thriller. They're usually in London. But nothing about the show is typical, and that's why I wanted to recommend it today because our lead is not only female but a person of colour who is struggling deeply with her identity as a first-generation Brit, working a case that involves the Indian and Pakistani community. So she pushes through, and while her superiors are very much wanting for this to be a cut-and-dry case, she's like, no, 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 we have to get this right, and she's very much pushing against them. But it also explores really interesting themes that I think a lot of first-generation people who live in white countries experience in professional environments and kind of the difficulties of when their two worlds collide. So it's a lovely watch. It's only four episodes, so you can absolutely get through this this weekend. It also stars Game of Thrones' Gemma Whalen and a slew of other recognisable British actors. Loved it. It's available on BritBox, and I also peeped that it's on SBS On Demand, so get amongst it. Okay, before I get into my weekend watch, I have to quickly break. Oh, I forgot about this. I have to quickly break the rules, which I did set up, Aww. because I have two things I need to recommend okay. this week. So just really quickly, yes. I would say this week I went and saw Jennifer Lawrence's <gasps> new comedy that has been making yes. headlines for so long because it's a big departure and she's never starred in a comedy before. It's a return to R-rated comedies. It's called No Hard Feelings. And I would say I really enjoyed it. Go watch it. Yep. It's not the big scandalous sex comedy that the trailers and everything made it out to ah. be. It's more of a kind of coming-of-age summer movie with a few wild comedy moments in it. And Jennifer Lawrence is so good. So I did put all of my thoughts into a review. I'll link those in the show notes. But it's out in cinemas now. Go see it. Yes, and it's in theatres. Yes, it's in theatres now. No hard feelings. let's get to the real one. And so the reason I couldn't recommend that, even though I know technically I should have, is because... The new Walking Dead series, Walking Dead, Dead City, the first episode came out this week. <gasps> and for anyone who's new here, The Walking Dead is... Chidam. It is my thing. It is one of my favorite. Well, obviously Buffy's my favorite show in the world. But yeah, of course. Walking Dead finished last year after 11 seasons. Yeah. It's all I think about. I watch it all the time. So this spinoff was a huge deal. It coming out. I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it. Oh. I felt like... because You were just, worried I about where the characters were going to go. Yeah. And I felt like I emotionally closed the door and yeah. would it feel the same? And was I ready for this hurt? And this level of pain and like emotional endurance after 11 years of The Walking Dead. I wasn't sure, but I watched it and I really loved it. You want to tell me where the hell we're going? Manhattan. Jesus Christ. Can you at least tell me what the hell you are doing out here? A few weeks back, I got raided. They took your kid. What the hell is that? Don't know why you with that man I'm looking for. But I will get to you. The ending is all that matters. We gotta find a way out. I think you're gonna like it here. Can 
Can I ask a question? Yes. Do you have to have finished the series to watch the spinoff? I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people have been asking me that and yes. my thoughts are complex. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a very quick. <laughs> have I ever I'm so given sorry you a I've quick opened the door. Answer. No, no, no. My, my thoughts are yes. Okay. I would at least go and look up the history between the characters, although they do set it up very well. So you don't have to watch the 11 seasons of The Walking Dead. I feel like you could just go straight into Dead yeah, City. I'm only on it six. might not have you have to finish watching The Walking I, Dead. I, I before am. You I go just got to have a break sometimes. Oh There's God. a lot of kill, kill, kill. I know. Then you become a little bit numb to it. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to stop until I. There's also a lot a of character killer. development. That's what it's about. So this yeah. is a very character driven thriller series. Great. So basically, it stars Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan from the original series. Yeah. They were two of the big fan favorite characters, Maggie and Negan. Something happens in The Walking Dead that is the most shocking moment of the whole franchise, according to most of the fans, where Negan, I'm not spoiling it just in case anyone has to go watch it, Negan does something to Maggie that completely destroys her life. They're enemies for a very long time, but at the end of the series in season 11, they've had to work together and they have this grudging respect for each other. But she does say to him, he's like, in the last episode, he was like, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I regret. And she was like, I trust you. I will never forgive you because you broke the person I am and I will never have another moment of happiness because of you. So obviously The Walking Dead was set in like rural Georgia. It was very much about all these new communities springing up after the outbreak. This one takes place in New York City in Manhattan. And for reasons that I won't spoil, Negan and Maggie have to re-team up together. But a lot of time has passed since that Forgive Me conversation and things are not like that anymore. So you have these two people, these strong, amazing characters, and the actors who play them are just incredible, who are coming together and going into this new world to rescue someone and they have to work together again and the walkers have changed we never say zombies in the walking dead universe the walkers have changed they've Mm -hmm. evolved manhattan has become its own kind of overrun walker city but also with humans and obviously humans are always the most dangerous thing in the walking dead universe with different humans who rule different parts and it's this action adventure with like this really really strong important character depth at the center of it so good you're selling it to me you really are charlie need to watch it you guys would love it I know. We're just going to get through the last bloody four seasons. I know. And that's a joy. You'll be fine. But also, like, watching it, I did get really emotional. I I teared up a lot because I was (gasps) like, I've been watching these characters, especially Lauren Cohen as Maggie, for, like, over 11 years. And from that young girl who was on the farm in the first season to seeing her be this kind of, like, powerhouse mother and character and killer and everything. And I was just like, oh, God damn. I just, I cried so much. It's also really lovely that they were able to do a spinoff and it's been successful. Yeah. Because it's really hard to do. And oh, with how engaged the Walking Dead fans are, yeah. it's no easy feat. Oh, so no, no. The bar is, is so exciting. high. So, and the important thing is it's one episode a week. So the first episode yes, is out now. That. New episodes drop weekly because I think you need to watch it and take it in. But, yeah, The Walking Dead, Dead City, on Stan, that's where you should go watch it. And then slide into my DMs because I just want to talk about it. It's all I want to talk about. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Another week done and dusted. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick with assistant production by Tali Blackman. Our audio production is by Scott Stronick and our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. Bye! Bye!